Good afternoon, early afternoon, ladies and gentlemen, crypto traders around the world. We have some announcements for you. This will be a quick episode, but there was a lot that happened. Some of it affects the show. Some of it affects the industry at large. None of it affects you as a listener. We appreciate that you're here. So we've worked really hard to try to give you the best experience. As a result, we've had to make a number of changes. And hopefully those changes come through loud and clear. Before we get into all that, though, let me get the particulars out of the way. CryptoTalkRadio.net is the site. Check us out when you get a free opportunity. You can actually listen to our shows directly from the site if you choose. We also have a lot of information about what we're doing in the brand. And then, of course, our tribe member portal is available on that site only where you can sign up to support the show, what we're doing, get extra perks that are in the process between now and the remainder of the year. Things will start uploading. We've already uploaded some of the content that we mentioned, like our episode with ETH Jets has went up. And we've done some weeklies. We had one weekly that had a bit of a challenge. We've recalibrated some of the software and we're testing that, kicking the tires on it. We're going to be going live with the new setup uh, here soon. We also did a follow-on episode with the new audio setup. It seems like it's working. We ran into a couple of challenges that are specific to YouTube for the YouTube listeners. We think that we may have solved that. And unfortunately, it meant that if I'm right, which I won't know until I hit a break point, if I'm right, it means that I had to use my singing setup, uh, a.k.a. John Buttastucky setup, in order to do the recording to make all these things happy, which I don't really want to do. The problem I face is that if I do the recording like I'm doing now for the podcast, which is done offline, and then we do a post-process if needed, we don't hear the issue with the crackling and everything. But when we stream it up to YouTube, we start hearing crackling in the audio. So once we hit a break point, there are some plans to do some lives today. And I'll see if the crackling is resolved using my singing setup as opposed to my talking setup, which is what I was using before. Um, Suffice to say, it's different hardware. If the singing setup works, it simply means that I'm going to have to purchase another piece of hardware to put my singing hardware back to task, what it's doing, and just retire my speaking one for like meetings and that kind of thing. So there's a lot that's changing My plan, though, is to keep consistent with the delivery and the uploads. Um, I did run into a couple of other issues with the the way that our podcast alerts, in this case, Twitter. Um, I have to, I'm yelling at the vendor about that one. It doesn't stop me. It just means it adds extra steps to me that currently I wasn't doing unless I pay them some money. I have not gotten paid for my new endeavor yet, so I'm holding off on doing any excessive spending until that money's in my, in this case, account ready to go, ready to spend. And once I know that's happening and everything's good, then I can open up, start spending a little bit of money on some of these things. So it's kind of this dog and pony game that's really annoying. So anyway, that's our uh, high-level news about the show, me internally working with the Endeavor. Um, I'm, it's kind of a roller coaster, and I, I know now what the problem is. Um, unfortunately, it's trying to wait, bide some time until these challenges go away, which we're expecting that they will. And there are people there that are pretty confident that we're pretty consistent. We want to improve as a group are the three of us, the four of us, the five of us. So I have strong support in a lot of my ideas. And I think a lot of what I'm encountering is just fear, FUD, as they say in the crypto world. And I just have to overcome that. So it's going. And once I get the first payout, I'll know that everything's set and ready to go for me to eventually get out of Nevada. It's getting hot as all crazy. Extremely hot at 10 a.m. in the morning is not acceptable. So I know I need to get out of here sooner rather than later. And 
knowing that the first check comes in and it's clean gives me confidence. The second check will come in, it'll be clean. And then I'm ready to start the move process uh, and get out of here. Finally, finally, Hercules, Hercules, uh, get the heck out of here. So that's all for that. And then let's talk a little bit about crypto news. If you're not following what's going on, I may be your only source for some of this business, but you might've been seeing some over the past couple of days in particular, but certainly for the last week or two, some very tumultuous behavior in the crypto market. And I want to talk a little bit about what's going on because I believe it's all correlated to the situation that recently happened. So just to summarize, there's an ecosystem and it's called Terra in its, in its common form. And it involves a lot. I'm not going to bore you with all the different tokens, but it involves a lot. The two tokens that are really in contention is UST, aka Terra USD, which is a so-called stable coin. And then Luna, which is a different type of token. And then there's a blockchain. There's a lot involved in this. There's Anchor. There's Maker. There's AVAX, Avalanche. There's a lot to this. And then it all ties back to Bitcoin due to some actions that took place. So my point is, is that what's happening here with this Terra ecosystem has had a ripple effect. And I don't mean that as a pun like XRP, even though they were affected too. I'm talking that it had a ripple effect throughout crypto because a lot of money movement needed to happen in order to try to stabilize this business. So there was a lot of heavy sells. So like Bitcoin, for example, there was a significant amount of sales. Like we're talking 30,000, 40,000 Bitcoin dumped because they were trying to get some money to salvage this chaos. And they were draining reserves and they're selling off as much as they can to try to preserve it. Well, a lot of this, again, has downstream impacts because you're selling Bitcoin, so it creates more FOMO sell pressure because they see these red candles, right? There's some buy pressure because people know that it's probably a long play going to go up, but in the short term, people are dumping out. Then you had with Ethereum, it's it's affected because Ethereum in some way is at least tied back to Bitcoin in some of its reserves. So as Bitcoin experiences sell pressure, Ethereum is also affected. Then Tether, which is USDT, is affected because as people are selling out, it's the most common stable coin to sell their assets out to in order to try to stabilize their value. And so everything is being impacted. You see all this red all over the place. This Terra situation, I'm telling you straight up, was likely a part contributor to what you are seeing, even if you've never even heard of them. And it goes to show how we're really not decentralized because everything is dependent ultimately on Bitcoin. No matter what you do, all of these have been built around the idea of Bitcoin because they're they needed to have some sort of backing value to build any kind of stability. And Bitcoin had always been kind of the go-to for generating wealth. You would store Bitcoin as a store value in, you know, whatever account. And so you know how much money or how much whatever you'd work with. Then at some point, you may need to sell out of your Bitcoin stakes in order to solve a problem like we're doing here. So now everybody else is getting negatively impacted. It has nothing to do with the project. Well, this, this got to the upper levels. This is because it's affecting Ethereum, it's affecting Binance, the company, it's affecting everybody. To the point the SEC started getting involved. They started an investigation, was reported. I have no proof, but that was reported. They started an investigation because of how wide it is. We're talking billions and billions of dollars lost with a lot of people. KSI, the YouTube celebrity, losing from $3 million down to 100 So there's a lot of eyes on this issue. And it has not been resolved. Now, the Terra is 
supposed to be covered by a governance structure where the, as your, your stake, however much you have, can be used to vote on whichever proposals. And there's been proposals flying back and forth about how do we fix this thing. If we boil it down, there's really two different things on the table. There's a lot more, but there's ultimately two different, and they're not consistent, and they're not agreeing. But on one side, they want to fork, so create a hard fork. And anybody who was in cryptocurrency for a long time remembers Ethereum had a very similar, they had a hack. Basically, there was a company that was on the Ethereum in the early days, and there was a staking, and the staking deal got hacked. And as a result, everything was disrupted similar to this, and their decision was to create a hard fork. The hard fork basically came what we now know as Ethereum, and then what was before is what we now know of as Ethereum Classic. Ethereum Classic still retains the basically the inklings of what Ethereum was before, meaning you had proof of work was kind of their dominant, and even now they say that's going to be their go-to. And then the new Ethereum, of course, is trying to do ETH 2.0, move to proof of stake, and most of the smart contracts are going on the Ethereum side, not the classic Ethereum side. So it was very disruptive to the community. And I would argue that while Ethereum Classic gets a lot of volume, it's a lesser pale shadow compared to main Ethereum because of the fork and because of the loss of trust in the fact of what happened. This proposal would basically do the same thing. You would basically create this fork and potentially lose the trust of the investors because you're essentially running from the problem. You're not confronting it. Which brings me to the other proposal Summary. I mean, there's a lot of proposals, but I'm summarizing them into two categories. The other one is do a burn. People are kind of confused about the burn because there's in within the burn proposal, there's two different, essentially, schools of thought. The investors and the validators. The validators are the basically the people, the machines, the organizations that make the blockchain work. Without them, you're not getting transactions to move and the blockchain basically fails. Right now, there's a, a, I would argue, a gross instability in the blockchain for this business. And as a result, a lot of people are FOMOing in because they see that, you know, Luna dropped to an all-time low. And then people basically did a pump and dump because they made thousands of dollars out of it. And that's great for them. But the net effect, like these validators, they're saying that if you do the burn, they're not going to get paid because you're less. there's less tokens. I personally disagree emphatically with what they're saying because if you're doing a burn you're going to cause some upward movement because you're increasing the base if you cause upward movement and green candles and you couple that with a strong community message to say our stance to resolve this is to come together as a community to try to fix it we can we can do part but we need your help we're going to initiate a recurrent burn if you believe in this project and you want us to succeed you need to buy in you got to buy in and show your support and don't sell if they do that as a general outreach strategy, I honestly believe you're going to see significant FOMO buy because of the green candle and increased volume, purchase volume. At some point, it's going to taper off just like with Seifu, but you're going to at least get some initial interest and that can be used as you do the recurrent burn. And I'll get back to the burn, but you can use some of this to constrain the inventory back down to what it's supposed to be because right now it's grossly overinflated. You also can implement small taxation and generate some money as people are transacting, especially if you do it through the exchanges. Now, the reason that the burn is so appealing, I think, to a lot of people is that as built, you have the stablecoin UST, Terra USD. The way they created it was that there was always ever going to be burn activities against Luna, and the burn activities were used to stabilize UST. 
So when they basically, they're still burning right now, but the minting is still on for Luna. So there's this too high supply and the burning cannot keep up with the traffic and everything. So while the burning's happening, it can't keep up. As a result, it's not able to stabilize UST because UST still has a bunch of people holding, some people dumped, some people pump and dumped it. And so I made the analogy that if we say that the real problem is that we can't fix this artery because there's too much blood flowing through it. And if we try to do a fix, there's going to be too much blood flowing out. And then the, the patient's going to go into shock. If we, if we make that analogy, what the people are saying for the burn is just do the burn. And we, I believe this is what they're saying. Ultimately deal with the shock for now, but it'll temporarily it'll destabilize and then it'll recoup and stabilize. It's almost like you're, building back up from the foundation. The validators don't like this plan. And I was having a back and forth with one of the validators and he was making some points that didn't make any sense that he's not going to validate for free, which can't happen because as long as there's volume, you're going to get fees. And if you were to initiate the burn, you're going to increase the amount of fees. You're actually going to get more rich. If you do the fork and Binance, the guy in Binance Zhao, he was saying the, the fork's not going to create any value. So what is the real value? And I think what the validators and he doesn't probably doesn't speak for the rest of them, but I'm using him as an attack vector. I think what the validators are talking about is this idea that in their mind, it creates a new opportunity. If you create a new fork, new money as, and just walk away from the old. I don't think that's personally don't think that's good for investor sentiment. Number one, number two, I think there's a lot of money that they're not paying attention to. Number three, there used to be a project called Dow. And it was, I don't know if it was a predecessor or antecedent or how it worked, but it was associated with this whole Ethereum business. And Dow had done a similar type of split. And then in retrospect, they regretted it because they realized that there was a lot of harm that was done along this way. Ethereum was an aberration where it was able to branch this way. And the main Ethereum was able to take off and succeed. Meanwhile, everybody on Classic was left behind. It's, it's surviving, it's thriving, it's trading, it's price, right? But it's nowhere close to what main Ethereum is. And the builders are kind of gravitating towards main Ethereum. So I think the big tug of war here is, well, you got to try to make everybody whole somehow. This idiot Do Kwan, his is just to fork and move on. And arguably people think that's to try to make the validators happy. Because it's the only reason that we can think of that you would do that approach is to make the validators happy. He also, it seems from his messaging, that he doesn't believe in trying to fix UST at all. He wants to walk away from UST as a strategy and simply go with a traditional stablecoin. I can't hate on that, but at the same time, you have a lot of people. The only reason that you would have supported UST like a diehard is because of the stability aspect. You expect that this token is going to be reasonably stable in value as a store of value, especially when you're transacting within everything that you're doing. If you don't want significant price flux, you're going to go to a stable coin. And so people needed to have that respite to be able to get away from price disruption. The UST was the answer. If they lost their money and you can't make them whole somehow, you're going to have the SEC breathing down your neck. And this is the argument people are making with the burn that you can help rebuild using the burn. If you make the burn do right and you encourage people to buy basically buy the dip and rebuild it from scratch. And it's going to take some time right now. It's got like a, a trillion in volume. So it's not that the interest isn't there. It's not growing as much as it could because people are skittish. They don't know. They keep hearing Zhao or excuse me, Do Kwan idiot coming out, talking about, yep, I'm going to fork and here's the plan. And here's the dates. 
And everybody's saying he's one guy. He can't just make that decision. It's governance. I looked at their governance portal. It's using Agora. And the problem with the governance I see is they built it where pretty much the validators can veto whatever's voted anyway. And the vast majority of them have not voted as of now. I suspect the vast majority of them are waiting to see if we have something that passes from the community who by and large seem to want the burn. And then they're going to come in and they're going to veto it which is part of the problem with a DAO-based structure where the validators have that override ability, is in situations like this, you're basically favoring them because they have large bags, larger bags or larger percentage of vote uh, weight. And you're not listening to the voice of the majority. They did, a, somebody did a poll. 90% of the people said we should just do a burn. The problem I think is that most of those people are nowhere near the whales because they couldn't have been because this thing is over $100 per coin. So now... If you're basically allowing, just because of the way they built it, you're allowing all the whales to govern how you move forward, which seems to indicate that they're going to end up doing a fork just because of the way they built the governance structure, which I argue is flawed on its face. I didn't dig into this before this issue. I was just trying to understand what the heck's going on. And then as I hear some of the rebuttals, I'm just chiming in with analogies. And if I'm right, it seems to me that sentiment is the biggest thing that's hurting them right now which is causing people to be skittish. I would resolve the skittishness. And I think that there's enough interest in what's going on to encourage people to buy and implement a small tax and then just do burns and let the thing build on its own. It's going to take time. There are people that lost out and the validator made the point that there's, it's going to harm holders. I disagree because those holders can take profits on the way back up. They're not going to be back at all time high. I can almost guarantee you, Neither the Luna token in particular is not going to get to its all time high. And that should not be our expectation as a, whichever community it's like, no, that should not be your target. Your target is to at least get to the point where it's not below zero. That's first. I, I go back to my circle that I covered on YouTube about project and product and everything there. The, the unrealistic plan is we got to get back to all time high, 100, 120. No, the first step should be, Get it to where it's at least base zero. Get out of the hole that it's in. Once you get there, assess where you're at and then make a new plan on to get to the next tier. And you should chunk it out and make these tiers of how you approach it. I don't see they're doing that. It feels like, especially with Doquan Idiot, he's trying to solve everything in one pass. I believe that's going to cause major problems one way or the other. And no matter which way they go, somebody's going to be very pissed off. And the SEC is going to be involved because it was allowed to happen in the first place, presumably because of this whole Bitcoin dark deal that happened. So if you're looking at your portfolio and you didn't know anything of what I just described and you didn't even know about Luna and you didn't know about TerraUSD and you knew nothing about this before that, but you're still looking at red candles, understand there's a strong, strong probability that what you're experiencing was initiated at least in part by what happened there. Because when this thing crashed and went all haywire, they had to do some massive dumping of Bitcoin. There's massive sellout to USDT. There's massive sellout to different tokens, which is hurting them because there's only so much supply, right? And we're talking billions and billions of dollars. And so there's only so much in reserves all across the board. So I'm saying that at least in part, what you're experiencing on your portfolio is due in part, not in whole, not they're not the sole I'm saying at least a portion of what you're experiencing is contributed to by these guys. 
and it's not going to resolve until they fix it. And they don't even know how first, so they don't know how long it's going to take. So the impacts that the ripple effect is going to happen for a while. And again, I made the argument that I believe that this ripple effect started way before what we're seeing now. I believe it happened months ago. I don't have any proof, but that's what I believe. When we started seeing bizarre red candles all over the place, I believe that that was the start of this. That's when it first started happening. We just didn't know when. We just didn't know what was going on. So if you're concerned in terms of strategy and what do you do and what's what's the best course, I can't advise you financially. I'll tell you this much. The stable coins are, they're, they're designed, designed in terms of scope. They're designed to be pegged to something to where they cannot fail. The challenge with stable coins and particularly Terrace USD is you have to know what that pegging looks like. If it's pegged to a U.S. dollar, we should be able to know what's the predictable supply because it can only ever be whatever supplies in circulation. The challenge is what if your fiat is in a different country's form, right? One person made the suggestion that we really should have a stable coin for every fiat. I don't know that I agree with it, but I understand his logic, which is that if you have it pegged to every different fiat, it, it decouples you from inflation of one country, which we're dealing with in the United States. I don't know what the answer is. I don't have a solution, but I do know that if you're relying on stable coins, I actually had said in an older, older podcast episode, I had said that I would not rely on stable coins to solve things. I would not use them as a traditional thing. Some people use them to store value and insulate against disruption. If that's what you want to do, that's cool. I don't personally, (laughs) I kind of just wait out the storm because I feel like there's too much risk that a stable coin could just bomb out. USD Tether has been under investigation from the U.S. government for the longest time because they speculated there wasn't enough money backing it somewhere. And so that would be a problem. That would basically cause the same level of disruption that we're seeing now. In fact, worse, because USD Tether is paired to almost every token in existence right now. So I'm, I've never, I use it kind of as a transitional thing. Like if I have to, in an exchange, I want to purchase something, you have to go to USDT if that's the pair. So I'll go there temporarily and then immediately buy my deal. Or if I'm using it, like I receive it from my mining PC, I'll receive it and then I'll buy something right away. I never sit on it and I don't sell out to stabilize. It just feels like there's too much risk for me. This is my opinion and how I do it. I I know Coinbase, as a the way they do it, you can store regular fiat. So you can sell something out to the U.S. dollar, or I believe it supports other fiats. So you can sell it to the fiat, and that helps insulate somewhat because then the only thing that would affect you is A, inflation, or B, the cash reserves that Coinbase has available. Sometimes Coinbase will block withdrawals completely and say you cannot withdraw anything at all. That's another risk. Is That's why I can't really make a decision to advise you because no matter what you do, you're going to be at risk when you get into cryptocurrency of not being able to get out. Or let's say you're in it and then the value drops due to something not of your own design. Or some dev screws something up or it's a straight honeypot or whatever. I can't advise you because there's so many different risk vectors. All I can tell you is please don't YOLO in any project for this very reason. And if you're going to invest in projects, make sure it's money you can afford to lose. And then just watch it, measure it, and make smart decisions about what you're going to do about it. Try not to be tempted uh, with you see green candles on the whatever. Try not to be tempted on it. I think it's just risky right now. 
that's the other reason why I haven't been covering underdog tokens because a lot of this disruption, it just would, you know, obviously piss people off. Um, if you're interested in kind of underdog tokens, I do occasionally, not regularly, but occasionally I'll do one on our YouTube channel, which you can get at from CryptoTalkRadio.net. So you can check those out if you are interested, just to kind of hear some of the token-based coverage again. Um, but on the podcast, I'm kind of holding the line until we see a little bit of recovery from what's going on because I don't want to upset you or frustrate you or somehow um, set you off that I'm talking about something when it doesn't make sense to invest anything new. So there's a lot um, that happened over the last couple of days and this governance and everything, and it's it's frustrating for a lot of people. And I don't know what the end game is. Nobody does. It seems like there's a lot of misuse of social media in misdirecting people. It seems like their governance is really a joke because it gives power to people who have a biased agenda, in my opinion. It seems like the guy who's officially in charge of this is an idiot who apparently is young because he was using rather teenage verbiage and I called him out on it. And I can't, I'm frustrated myself just because I wouldn't want anybody listening to my show who's getting harmed by something they didn't even know was a thing upstream because I wouldn't want you to feel like crypto's not worth it because you could be impacted by something that's outside of your control. This is true. And yes, it's arguably worse in this than the stock market. And no, some people have said, oh, the stock market done the same thing. I disagree with that. I know what they're saying, but I disagree. This is different. This is different because in the stock market side, let's take Tesla. Elon Musk cannot unilaterally go and say, I'm going to take all the money from the investor's stock that they paid us and I'm going to make this under the table deal without telling anybody, without documenting any of it to the SEC. And I'm going to try to make this money off the side that I'll eventually give back to the investors. That's a Bernie Madoff thing. There's no way. I'm sorry. I know other people say it was perfect quote, perfectly legal. What this idiot did was not, would not have been perfectly legal in the stock market. The reason they're saying, or they believe that it's perfectly legal is the fact that it is cryptocurrency and there is no regulation, but they also said that if it's a stock market, it'd be legal. And I'm saying I emphatically disagree. There's no way you'd be able to do it. Now that's based on the understanding of what happened, which is taking funds from the investors directly. That's the key. We're taking investor funds directly. And it's one, apparently one guy doing this. It's not like it's a board vote. It's not like any of that crap. Now, if there was a board vote and the board voted, we're going to put all of our money, all the company funds into this, basically gamble our money away. Okay, yes, the board could do that, but you still would have SEC filings and the SEC would come back and say, no, this is too high risk. You're not going to be able to do this. And if you do this, we're going to sue you if it goes wrong. That's what I mean when I say, no, I disagree. They would not have gotten away with this in the stock market. That does not mean that I want crypto to act that way of the stock market. I think that's detrimental. What I would want to see is that he does not make any decision without checking with the investors. It's not based on a governance DAO. If the people who have the highest interest and the highest stake in the DAO have a bias in how you approach it, because that's what you have right now. You have these validators and they have a large stake. And because they have a large stake, they're able to influence this and swing it to their favor. That's not the right answer, but that's the way they built it. It should be one vote, one person, one vote. We don't, there's no waiting of any kind. It's one person, one vote, period, point blank. What's that going to do? That's going to put it to everybody in the community. Get rid of the waiting. 
in this situation, it's kind of too late. We know that. All I'm saying is that if this is a stock market, no, they would not have got away with this crap at all. So if you're invested in something and you're kind of feeling not good because your projects are going down and you really don't know why, I can't tell you what to do financially. All I can say is this is a this is a situation that was bound to happen eventually. It's happened before. It'll happen again. And all I can keep saying is please don't YOLO in any project. I see people online and I think they're from third world countries, but I see people online and they're like, my life savings is in this. And what am I going to tell my wife? And it's like, stop YOLOing into projects. That Those days are gone. Stop YOLOing into projects. Do not risk more than what you can afford to lose. There's a temptation and I got it. But when you do that, you're only harming yourself and you're enriching other people. Do not YOLO into projects. Be smart about it. Invest when it makes sense. You have enough that I can afford to lose this little bit and just wait on it. And then sometimes you can't, like with Saitama. Saitama about to do a V2. That's fine, but I did a video on YouTube where I said, unless you fix the people, it's not going to matter. So then I don't want people YOLOing into Saitama V2 just because it has less inventory. And then all of a sudden it craps out because they never fixed the people problem and then they hurt sentiment again and you lose all your money. Do not YOLO into projects. Find money that's throwaway money that you don't care about because there's so much risk of losing it. And you can't, you can do all the investigation and research you want. Sometimes the project looks good and it just craps out because of whatever, totally outside your control. This is the reality of crypto. If you're feeling like it's just too much for you to think about, I respect that decision. If you want to back out of it, I'm saying that if you want to stay it, stay the course. Just keep in mind, don't yellow into projects. Don't FOMO into projects, please. And try to do the fundamentals best you can, but recognize still always because of the fact that things like this can happen, even the largest of these projects can absolutely crash and burn and there's nothing you can do about it. There's no way to solve it or get away from it or get around it. It's just the nature of cryptocurrency and it's why we don't like people YOLOing into projects in the first place because we know there's a high risk you can get hurt and we don't want to see that. At least I don't. Um, I don't want to see that. So I'm sorry I can't reassure any further than that because it's one that I've reconciled months ago. It is what it is. If you've, and another thing I saw was people that had referred friends to buy into projects and then their reputation is harmed. I've referred friends to crypto, but I've told them don't YOLO into anything. I don't know. It looks good, but you got to do your research. Don't YOLO into it. Don't dump your whole savings into it and diversify. Get multiple different things because you never know. If you do diversify, when the whole industry's down, there's not much you could have done about that. All you can do to preserve is to make sure you don't YOLO, as tempting as it might be. So we'll have to wait and see. Um, that's all I got. I'm not going to, again, I'm not going to cover token because I think it's a waste of your time. But if you do want to hear about tokens, again, check us out our YouTube channel where I occasionally do tokens. I just did Parabolic again. I revisited that one. I did French Connection Finance just very recently. Another garbage one called LockPay. So I've done a couple of ones very recently. If you want to check those out, they're on the YouTube channel. They're not the in-depth rather coverage that I would have done before. They're just the swag, initial look at it, see what it's doing, see how it works. Get a high-level sense of my gut, what it's telling me. And I'm going to be doing another one here today. I'm also going to be doing a revisit of one sometime, probably if not today, then tomorrow on Luffy in you now called Luffy. If you're curious about that, 
I'll do a swag on Satama V2. If they go that and they get that out, I'll do a swag on it and some other ones. So if you're interested in the token coverage, this is my message. Please make sure you check out our YouTube channel for that coverage. We will make sure it is made available to you uh, via that conduit. One last note for our triad members. The triad member feed, you get access, if you want, to a podcast version of the YouTube channel. This has this will be updated today. It is not updated previous because most of what goes on there is a live stream, so those don't go to the, uh, the portal. However, the token coverage and everything else, I'm going to be going and loading those in just one fell swoop, so you're going to get a number of episodes loaded to that feed. If you're not on Triad, and that's something that you might be interested in, is being able to hear these updates, like the token updates that I was doing before. Again, the Triad membership would be your best bet if you don't want to go to YouTube, where you can have a separate podcast feed, you add it to your app, and it'll give you the audio for the token updates that we're doing. So then you'll just have two feeds, one for the normal that we're doing here, and then one for the uh, YouTube updates that we're doing there. All right, folks, try to try to keep your head up. I know it's rough. I know there's a lot going on. I know it feels like it's there's no end to it. It's better that we flesh this out now, frankly. It's better that we identify these issues now. It's better that we solve these problems now. And it's great that the SEC is looking at it now. I think all these things makes it stronger. And hopefully informed decisions can be made about what we do going forward. We'll have to wait and see, though. Like I said, keep your head above water. I do believe it'll pass. We just don't know when. <laughs> Because this was a kind of a curveball for everybody involved. And I know that it's frustrating. I Trust me, I got it. I will check in with you guys on Thursday. We, If you are YouTube, you do have it. We are going live tonight uh, in uh, four and a half hours. So we're going to be talking about a cryptocurrency scam type that nobody's been talking about. So feel free to join us there if you want to do so. Again, four and a half hours from now, live on YouTube talking about a different type of cryptocurrency scam inspired by Strange EU and this UST deal. And then you'll get a chance to check out those other token coverages. Until then, or if I don't see you then, I'll check in with you guys on Thursday.